0: Hello everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast, ABCDEF1 full season edition. Yes, we did mid-season, we filled that gap and now we're going to fill the Christmas gap with our full ABCDEF1 driver rating video. So this is essentially where we go from 20th, Nicholas Latifi, all the way to (laughs) 1st. Uh, Big shout out to TuneFix2, who has put together all these stats uh, from our podcast and has done so for quite a few years, to be fair. So big shout out to them. Thank you so much. Uh, And before we get into it, as always in our podcasts, we have a five star review that we want to read out. And this one's from Marnavi in the United States of America. Why, Tommy, do you write it like that? Why can't you just put the USA? Anyway, they said, (laughs) love, love, love this show. This is one of the only podcasts that I actually regularly check for new episodes. I'm pretty sure you can get a notification button or something that might help you, but thank you very much for checking. Anyway, I'm a relatively new F1 fan and this podcast has taught me so much about this sport. Don't know how it's done that with all the washed opinions we have. Matt, Katie, and Tommy—they <laughs> didn't say that part. Matt, Katie, and Tommy are super fun, and I can listen to them for hours on end. Great job, guys, and eagerly waiting for the 2023 content. That makes that makes my heart very warm. Thank you so much, Martin V. Now I don't Thank know you. if you've written it like that, Tommy, so that I pronounce it that way, or is that actually their name with the dashes as well?
1: That's how it was written. Okay, perfect. As, well, as was United them. States of America. So <laughs> Ooh,
0: okay. little snap back
2: there. <laughs> Uh, oh yeah, here we go.
0: Look, Tommy's sassy. It's the end of the year; he's tired. I like it. We are also live streaming on Twitch, and I've just seen the 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 amount raised. Uh, so we are doing a shoey every five hundred pounds that are raised. And we've been streaming for a, a short while, uh, and we are nearly at our second shoey. We need ten pounds in order for that to happen. And I thought, look, we'd do it on the podcast because we're not going to cut that content out. People want to see it. We're raising money for just uh, sorry for, for on Just Giving uh, for blood cancer UK. Uh, it was a very close cause uh, for us, Tommy. You've got someone that's close to you, your uncle, that's just been recently diagnosed with with blood cancer, and also uh, Glenn, who works on uh, with our sister company, the Race, uh, and he has also experienced um, uh, this this very difficult time. And and thankfully, due to the the, the charity, they've been able to uh, help and save a lot of people. So we're raising money for for them. And uh, if I refresh it right now, is it a thousand? It's a thousand. And a three,
2: thousand and everyone. three
0: pounds. Right. Who does the shoey?
2: And can I also add in that lovely Glenn, who you would have seen at the beginning in the video, has actually put in our Slack chat, the amount of money that the stream is raising is already incredible and like a little smile with a tear. Aww. So it really does mean a lot to um, to Glenn awesome. and all of us at The Race Media. It's yeah, an amazing amount of money. Yeah,
0: thank um, you. It's amazing, you know, for such a tightly little knit community that we have and you guys watching is, uh, is very, very special. So thank you. Right, so I put the poll up. One minute poll, go and vote. That's incredible! You've gone from having eight percent of the vote, Tommy, to
1: fifty-seven. The first
0: this vote I was happens. nowhere. You should never trust Twitch chat. No,
2: nope.
1: <laughs> right? I'll go get um. Wow. Beer in a shoot.
2: Oh, it's just froth.
1: It's just froth. Yeah. Oh, we.
0: It's froth. Okay, <laughs> a big lopnops has got the juice.
2: A got big the juice. I can't oh. imagine a wonderful mm. thing. Oh, that looks yeah. yummy.
1: Hmm. Sebastian Vettel juice. Is that, that play? Saucy, I like yeah, it, it. Yeah, it short,
2: sweet,
0: just short, sweet to the point. Short, sweet. Could tell you didn't want to do any more than that. And uh <laughs> well, thanks so much, Tommy, for taking part. That was. um uh... I feel like uh, we are live on Twitch, and I think they'll be asking for the full song of that. And I feel like, it's like cop out. What do you think, Katie?
1: Oh well, <laughs> I'm joking. It was great. I think
2: it was okay. It was great, but I just wanted. Next more. time, you have That's to do a problem. remix version of it.
1: A remix. Keep... I'll remix good. it for you. Okay, that'll you be will. my
2: contribution.
0: Okay, let's start from P20, shall we? It will come to Hmm. absolutely no one's surprise to know that the GOAT, Nicholas Lazzifi, slots in in P20. This man achieved eight Fs, six Es, four Ds, two Cs, one B, zero A, and one A star from Japan on his way to P20. Of course, Japan, how can we forget? What an incredible performance from him in the way. And I'm not even being sarcastic. I don't know where that Nicholas Latifi went or where he came from, um, but he was consistent, consistently bad through most of the season.
2: Oh, I mean, it's not a sorry, lie. I'm sorry if we it's can't not a say lie. this,
0: for 20th, <laughs> when can we?
2: It's true, but he does love his Nutella. Oh, and I feel like I had God. to get that in one last time. <laughs> um, but yeah, it wasn't Latifi season. Has it ever been Latifi season? Mm, no. But um, it was still. <laughs>
0: oh, I'm going to be nice. Also, Katie.
2: <laughs> yeah, at least it's literally like the Bart Simpson cake thing of like, at least you tried. He seems like a lovely lad, but as we all know, nice guys finish last. Um, wow, and boy, did he finish last. The, I wish him all the best in his next adventure as CEO of Nutella um, or whatever <laughs> else he's going to do. Maybe IndyCar, but I don't <laughs> think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah.
0: Well done on being lovely. A few that that is one of the most that's, sarcastic. Uh, yeah, that is. Uh, oh, I mean, I'm, I'm not being sarcastic because really. he does no, seem you, nice. I know is lovely, but it's just the way it was delivered. Uh, chat is actually properly popping off at the fact that he only got eight Fs. Let's just let's just you know like basically clarify that Fs mean an absolutely hor- horrible performance. Yeah, we're talking two laps down kind of vibe. Yeah,
1: which um, he did a fair bit. So yeah.
0: Was you I can't, you I can't get him Latifi or what was going on there? Oh, there we go. Yeah, you're a bit
2: hey, oh wonderful. That's Sorry. okay. Sorry, audio listeners. I'm
1: yeah, Latifi Latifi's last few grades of what will be his F1 career since Belgium were F, F F F F A star E F F and E. Um, so yeah, I think it got to the point where we were just fed up of him just being pretty poor, to be honest. And uh, it's a it's a shame because yeah I mean his confidence was shot after last season um, and I'd argue he was worse than he, the you know he's ever been uh, this season and never really recovered um, he was actually so far clear in twentieth that if his last I think four grades had been A stars he'd have still finished twentieth. That's how um that's how bad it oh, was. Oh,
2: Bubba! Yeah,
1: no
0: that that makes perfect sense when I look at nineteenth, who had zero Fs. Yeah, uh, so I can <laughs> see why. Uh, yeah, it's not gone well, has it? Uh, did you say Oh, Bubba? By the way, have I just? Yeah, no. Casey's in a. She's put those antlers on, and she's just. She's not had a shoe yet. I know. She's not. I've
2: only had tea. Oh gosh.
0: Yes, we've we've done two shoeys so far in this uh live stream we're doing on Twitch, raising money for Blood Cancer UK. Third one soon to come, and we're hoping it's gonna be Katie, because I've done one and Tommy has also done one. Right, 20th is done and dusted. I don't think if there's any kind of like regrets there. It was absolutely necessary. We move on to 19th. And in that place, unfortunately for him, I think he was there in the mid-season as well, is Mick Schumacher, P19. Zero Fs, which I find hard to believe. 5 E, 7 D, 5 C, 3 B, 1 A, and 1 A star, which was Austria.
2: How did he not get an F? Sorry. That's crazy. Like, he literally didn't race in Saudi because he'd smashed his car up.
1: Yeah, I'm really surprised. (laughs) I'm surprised he didn't get an F for the amount of times that he obliterated his car.
0: Maybe, Maybe it's the Schumacher name. I didn't want to give it. I was like, no, E. <laughs> yeah, e there's will some Matt
1: influence there. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I think and has been an lenient you're like, as well. A C. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, look, you know, he's not the one actually rebuilding the car, is he? I mean, come on, like, geez. yeah. So, um, yeah, maybe we we're a little bit lenient, but still, he finished nineteenth and would have stayed nineteenth even if he had an extra F. So, uh, yeah, Mick, you know, he's lost his seat. He's going to Mercedes Reserve next year, which I think is quite a good move for him personally. Uh, it'll allow him to at least learn from, you know, a very well, I was going to say that he was with Ferrari previously, but it seemed like that relationship wasn't particularly uh, good or efficient uh, between the two of them. Whereas, you know, he's following his dad's footsteps kind of thing, going to Mercedes, and I'm sure they will try and nurture him where they can, uh, whether he'll be able to get a seat or it'll be kind of like a Stoffel Van Dorn kind of vibe. Mm-hmm. We will uh, we'll wait and see. But I think, yeah, Mick will struggle to get back on the grid, at least in a car that isn't the slowest.
1: Yeah, um, not a great season for Mick. There was a lot of thought that, you know, it might be, it's his second season, he needs a season to warm up, um, was the big thing that a lot of people said ahead of the season. And it's like something that's happened in his career a lot, um, but it just didn't really happen. And it wasn't like, it, it wasn't like Haas, were the same position as what they were last year, where they literally couldn't do anything. Um, there were chances. And it went, it was a long way into the season. I can't remember exactly when he scored his first point. Was it Austria or was it Silverstone? Silverstone, Silverstone yeah. Um, where he hadn't scored a point yet. Uh, and looking at what, you know, Kevin Magnussen had done in that house when he'd put it, you know, he was running up in like fifth or whatever in Bahrain, like Mick should have got a point at the start of the season and, and didn't. And uh, yeah, uh, it's a shame, but I think 19th is fair.
2: Yeah. I think this is the right place for Mick actually thinking about it. It is nice that every driver on the grid so far, or well, like on the grid just generally in 2022, I think everybody had a good moment, like, obviously the Tiffy in Japan. Mick also got those points and Silverstone it was really competitive in the Austrian sprint. Um, and that's why he got his A-star from the Austria weekend. Um, so there were some highs, but as you sort of said, like a lot of lows and a lot of expensive crashes. Um, he did, unfortunately, also have quite a few shunts last season, um, but with Mazepin as his teammate, I think Mazepin took a lot of the heat off of him. Um, so it's not like he's just come into these new regulations and he you know, hasn't got to grips with the car and keeps crashing it because we had seen some of that in 2021 as well. Um, but yeah, I think that unfortunately he just didn't do enough to, to warrant his, his Haas seat being left for him. Um, and yeah, wish him all the best at Mercedes.
0: Absolutely. You know, Haas said that they can't afford to learn with a driver. They need a driver that can just be slotted in and make the most of the car. And Mick, you know, just isn't at that stage of his career where you can rely on him to just hit the ground running and, and not have that sort of learning period. Um, so yeah, Mick wasn't the best fit for Haas, who are a struggling team that need to score as many points as possible. Hence why they've gone for Nico Hulkenberg. Uh, and we'll see what the future holds for Mick Schumacher. In 18th position, Daniel Ricardo, He had two F's in USA and Brazil, two E's, five D's, five C's, five B's, three A's, Zero A stars. So, Katie, you were saying about big moments that they've had. You know,
1: big standout moments. Danny Rick,
2: Mexico baby.
1: Yeah, I think Danny Rick's was Mexico, but he didn't quite get that A star because he punted Yuki, didn't he? Otherwise, oh, yeah. he probably would have got the A star. But because, yeah, I think yeah. I feel like you strong know,
2: strong Singapore as well.
0: That Strat in Mexico, I. I don't want to. I want to hate him. too much. No, it flattered it, him. It did. Yeah. I mean, the fact that Danny Rick was flying through the field, you knew something was up. You know what I mean? Like it was one of those, like, okay, that strategy, real good, huh? And that's why, that's why George Russell should have done the same strategy because he might have won, but he did not. Uh, George sixty three Russell was in the chat as well. Hello, uh, live on Twitch. Um, not probably the real George, but Danny Rick eighteenth, eighteenth.
2: How times have changed, eh? I mean, it's we can't be surprised,
0: can we? I mean, the, the the bottom three in our ABCDEF1 rankings have all lost their seat. So
2: That's so true.
0: We, wow. People say we're washed and we don't know anything. Take a look at our ratings, huh?
2: <laughs> no, but I mean, if you think about a few years ago when Daniel Ricciardo was at Red Bull, well, he still is now if you want to be like that, but um, he was making the decision whether he should stay, whether he should go, It's not really worked out well for him, has it? Like, you know, obviously his Renault days, there are two podiums in there, and then went to McLaren and thought, oh, this could be it but it's just not really worked out for him. I'm really glad that he's actually going to take a sabbatical in theory. Um, he's I think second on the list of all, like the amount of consecutive race starts that any driver has had. The only driver that had more was Hamilton and that had to come to an end when he got COVID and had to miss the race at Secure. So the guy's been racing consistently in F1 since 2011 and maybe, yeah, he's kind of just thought, I need some time away. Everybody is allowed to take some time for their mental health, even athletes at the top of their game. Um, And so I hope that this time back at home maybe gives him a chance for some reflection. He might decide, actually, I, I do want to stay away. I don't want to come back. Or he might do an Alonso and realize that from that time away, this is what he needs to do differently. This is what he can improve on. And he'll come back in 24 and he'll be the honey badger we all know and love. But yeah, for now, not the season, any fan, I think I can say any F1 fan really wanted to see him have because everybody's got a piece of their heart is that is especially reserved for Daniel Ricciardo. So this is a tough one, but that's how it is. It's a competition at the end of the day.
1: Yeah, it's shocking, shocking year for for Danny Rick. I mean, he had, the going back to the last season uh, before this one, he didn't put in particularly great performances and then had that, win at Monza, but then you were still like, that was kind of a, dare I say, a bit of a, you know, who's in the right place at the right time. He still obviously did brilliantly to get that win, but um, there was no other real standout performances. And you went into the season thinking, right, this is where he really needs to step up now and at least be on the pace for Lando, but it couldn't have really gone any worse for him. Um, and it's going to be fascinating really next year to see uh, Piastri in that McLaren and, and we'll get a bit more of an idea of you know, was it Lando being brilliant? Was it Daniel Ricciardo being terrible? How good really is the McLaren? Um, we'll find out, but yeah, a poor, a very poor year from Daniel Ricciardo. Yeah, Piastri's not going to have a Danny Rick year. You can clip me up and store it in your locker.
0: Oscar Piastri will not be as bad as what Danny Rick was this year in comparison to his teammate. That's uh, That's my opinion anyway. Okay, in 17th position, Tommy, close your ears. Yuki Sonoda. Oh. Yeah, not a not a great season for Yuki. I think that some of it he was hamstrung by what the Alpha AlphaTauri could actually do uh, on a on race weekends. As Tommy peers over to look at something uh, just to make sure that the results are indeed accurate, maybe. Maybe that's what he was trying to work out. Uh, but Yuki had zero Fs, four Es. I don't know. How the hell did he have zero Fs when he was two laps down in Hungary? What is wrong with us? Like, he was three light years behind everyone else, and we've got a zero? F- what is wrong? Tommy, did you influence this? I reckon probably. I did, yeah, You were like, oh, no,
1: actually. It was good in
0: qualifying. Yeah, Yeah, probably. Probably Probably be gasoline qualifying.
1: And I was like, A star. So
0: you've got zero Fs, four E's, five D's, three C's, seven B's, two A's and no A stars. Um, Thing is, right, I don't think 17th really does it justice as to comparatively to his teammate. I don't think he was that bad. Uh, So I feel like 17th is a bit harsh overall.
1: It's a weird one because I think he's just too inconsistent. That's his problem. I'm pretty sure correct me if I'm wrong when we did the mid-season ones, he didn't get a single C we're talking about uh, from, from what I remember that rings a bell. yeah that he, he he only got B's where we're like oh actually Yuki's doing a lot better and then he'd have an absolute stinker of a race where we give him a D or an E um, and yeah I mean for a midfield driver um, you know we we give out a lot of C's to the midfield because a lot of the time you know you don't see them one bit um, and it's sometimes quite hard to to grade them. So for for a driver in the midfield to only get three C's and have a lot more B's and D's and E's than just kind of a average grade, I think that's Yuki's problem. Is he's not he's not consistent. He's he's been a lot closer to Gasly, which is a shame because the car's not been there. So you can't really when he has been better than Gasly, it's like oh he's finished 12. Whereas if he been quicker than gasly last year he'd be getting like sixes and sevens and we'd probably be giving him a lot higher grades so um but he just still has those odd moments doesn't he as much as it pains me to say it where he'll just like like a hungry or or whatever where he just does something a bit a bit silly
2: well like silverstone is a prime example like i was sat in the grandstands watching this when the two alpha Tauri's came together and collected each other and you could see that was going to happen from a mile away and Yuki got the blame for that one. So, yeah, it's a difficult one because the car hasn't been up to the standard that I think a lot of fans really hope for this year because there was so much potential last year um, and it's just not really worked itself out in the new regulations. But like you say, Tommy, it's been a very inconsistent season for him. Um, and yeah, I guess if I was to point out like where I think he'd be, I'd probably put like 15th, 16th, but... Once we go through the others, I'm sure actually 17th will make itself like it make more sense that he's there. So
1: it's pretty close between, to be fair, between like 17th to 14th, that a few grades here and there would would change things. So I think that's probably um, why uh, he's down in 17th. But yeah, it's the inconsistency that's hurt him.
0: In 16th, Lance Stroll. He had one F in the USA, two E's, four D's, eight C's, five B's, one A and one A star at Singapore. It it, it was a season for Lance Troll, wasn't it? <laughs> I mean, that's about as far as I can go. Yeah. Uh, when it he comes drove to, a car. He drove a car. His dad owns the team. He's really not sure. Sh- like at least before he had moments of,
2: Yeah, like podiums. What what people could argue was brilliant.
0: You know, he did have the odd podium, and as you say, pole position at Turkey, and and what and that stuff like that. When you go, oh, okay, Lance is actually really good, and I'm sure he is. I just don't feel like he has the 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 sort of fire within him to actually take that next step. And. Fair enough. I think we said this before, like uh, fair enough. He doesn't feel that way because at the end of the day, his seat is never at risk whilst his dad owns the team. So there isn't that need to go that extra few percent. He could just turn up to a Grand Prix race, do a mediocre job and turn up next, re- ne- next race next year. Uh, so yeah, it's just, it was a very mediocre season, actually probably below, below mediocre for, for Lance Stroll really, because we know that there is potential there. It just, just wasn't really shown.
2: Well, as, as i've said and i'll try and give an example every single time but my moment of the season for lance stroll was that start at the japanese grand prix honestly i still think about that now the fact that he spotted the dry line down the right hand side there and then absolutely floored it and made up like a gazillion positions officially um but it was an amazing bit of like actual common sense and like proper racecraft from lance so like you say, the potential is there and with Singapore, the race beforehand, he got sixth place there, which is why he got the A star. And that's like a really good result. I mean, if we had Sebastian Vettel coming in sixth, we'd probably be like rolling out a red carpet, fanfares, you know, party poppers, all that kind of stuff. So I'm glad that, you know, Lance did get a chance to get a good result. But then he also has moments where he's a bit of a dum-dum. Um, USA, perfect example. Uh, we're using dum-dum as an official piece of vocabulary for this. Yeah. Um, and then same in Brazil when he managed to push Seb off the track. So, uh, I don't know. I feel like this has maybe been... How how was his season last year? Because I feel like these two years at Aston Martin have probably been his weakest, even aside similar, from like think. the random podium here and there when he was at Racing Point. But... Yeah, he's always been there's...
1: about bottom of the midfield kind of in our in our ratings because, again, I think he's one that maybe has a bit of inconsistency where sometimes he'll be a bit... <laughs> I, I feel like Lance Stroll more than ever this year has either done something really stupid and been a bit rubbish and he'll get a really low grade or and also his qualifying has been abysmal. And then out of nowhere, he gets the final lap and he's eighth. And you're like, what, what is going on? And um, that's kind of happened at, at the end of the season. I mean, looking at those races you mentioned, uh, I mean, Monsri got a D, then in the next race, he got an A star at Singapore. Japan, he did that great start and got a C. And in the next race in America, he got an F. So he's flip-flopping all over the place. And, and I think that is part of it that, we might never see that relentless consistency that we see from the top drivers and, and better drivers, because at the end of the day, you can eat Fernando Alonso into a barrier and do something really stupid. And it's like, Oh no, anyway, he's my teammate next year. Um, and it's all good because my dad's never going to fire me.
0: Exactly. His, his, his defensive driving and general awareness this year was absolutely diabolical. Uh, like it was just a genuine. It feels
1: forever ago now that it was this year, wasn't it, where we had the discussion about the whole mirrors thing where because he was getting a lot what of
2: Was that last year with Brazil?
1: No, I think it was this, was this I year? think it was it was this year in Saudi because he got Yeah, it was Albert Album got and a penalty. Yeah, yeah. And it's like mm, uh, well right. it while people dive bomb on him, he does still kind of go, I'm not even gonna it's like ai you know a, a racing game where you never leave the racing line and you you have to have a little bit of awareness of you can't just turn into a corner and pretend someone's not there so um yeah not good australia with latifi as well chat i've been saying so um... yeah oh of course god oh that feels forever yeah. ago doesn't yeah. it when those
0: two collided it's like oh. yeah mad Feels like a different year, that does. but that uh, does. <laughs> Thank you, Chad, for getting involved with that. But yeah, Lance Stroll just, yeah, not great. Uh, and you know for a fact Alonso is blowing up so much more if he wasn't teammates uh, with him next year over USA. In 15th position, we have Kevin Magnuson. He managed to tot up 0Fs, 2Es, 7Ds, 5Cs, 4Bs, 3As, and 1A star in Bahrain. K-Mag season i mean i was gonna say a tale of two halves but i don't think it quite splits down the middle in terms of good and bad the start was incredible K. Mag rocking up off of his sofa basically and just banging in great results in a car that Hass had produced which was really good but of course they couldn't upgrade anything because they had about three pennies left in the bank um but he was great at the start of the year we were all gassing him up but then when you look at his grades he's he's got seven D's and two E's in there. And that's a lot of D's. I think that might be the most D's of any driver. Uh, that's including Sorry. Nicholas Satifi there. Yeah. D's. Oh no, actually, no, to be fair, Mick Schumacher also had seven D's. So both Haas drivers had seven D's. Are you
1: right there, Katie?
2: Um, <laughs> I'm absolutely <laughs> it's fine.
1: Katie, it's literally like though. a try not to laugh <laughs> challenge for Katie. <laughs> every time the D grades mentioned, <laughs> I promise I am grown up.
0: Um, so yeah. So K-Mag, <laughs> <laughs> uh, am I surprised to see him in 15th? Yes, probably, after, if you, you know, when we were at the first half of the season, but just Hass just with a car that wasn't very good, couldn't produce any results, so didn't deserve anything higher than
1: a C or a D. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Magnussen, is there anything more Kevin Magnussen than him finishing as the 15th best driver when he got a pole position in a Hass? and also had that unbelievable race at the start of the season. Um, it just shows, again, uh, his inconsistency uh, as a driver. Um, unbelievable highs, like the like the pole position, like I said, and the, that race in Bahrain, but collecting meatball flags like crazy during the season and just having those moments, particularly at the start of the year, I think um, for me was the most where where they needed to get as many points as they could when that car was good and why why magnuson needed to race i know you know i i love drivers like him um but from taking away the kind of enjoyment as a fan and what Haas actually want, why he needs to you know be going wheel to wheel with Lewis Hamilton when he's definitely not going to be <laughs> racing him in the race, and just pick up eighth, ninth, seventh, or whatever, and just bag some solid points. Um, and that's unfortunately what Magnussen didn't do enough. Uh, and Haas really should have finished higher in the constructors. And while Mick was deservedly nineteenth and not good, it's not all Mick. I just I don't I don't think either driver um, got got enough points that they should do. Um, and I think if you'd have gone in that first race and told me that Kevin Magnussen would be voting him the 15th best driver of the year, I think we'd all be shocked because it was like, wow, what a comeback. Magnussen, you know, driver of the day in the first race, unbelievable scenes, but just too inconsistent.
2: Yeah, it is a real shame. Like looking at the season... As a whole, those first well four out uh, the first four races, three out of those he got points. You know, back to back points in Bahrain and Saudi. Bahrain getting that fifth place, Saudi in ninth place. Australia got fourteenth. Some for some reason, Australia and Hass always seems to be a really unfortunate combination. And then we went to Imola, and he qualified really well. And then that kind of got. Push back a bit with the sprint, but still managed to finish ninth in the race. And you think, oh my goodness, like, this is great. We've got K-Mag, who's just on absolute fire because he's been thrown into this situation last minute and he's just thriving off of it. And this is amazing. And then sort of reality setting. <laughs> and like you say, with Miami, it's like 16th, Spain, 17th, Monaco and Azerbaijan, retirement, retirement, Canada, 17th. There are a few more little... Um, chances where he got points, Silverstone and Austria, just like Mick did. But like you say, it started off at such a strong, like way at the start of the season and it kind of just fell apart a bit. Um, And I don't know if I would put him 15th on the list. I mean, he finished 13th overall in the season. So maybe I'd push him a little bit higher because of that. Um, But I don't know, perhaps that initial excitement and... I don't know like willingness to really push himself to the absolute limit and make the most of the opportunity just begun to wore off just as you kind of would expect it to I don't know it's kind of like I don't know when you start a new job or something and you're really super eager to like do everything you're helping make all of the teas at the start of the day and you're like oh does anybody want me to get something when I go out for lunch or whatever and you're like super keen and then by week four you're like Oh, um, because somebody make me a cuppa? you know, that kind of thing? Or is, is that, that
0: just me? Trust, <laughs> trust you, trust you to
1: turn it about tea.
2: Okay,
0: <laughs> tea <Yeah. laughs> loves tea. Um, and also, are you suggesting that K Mag is turning up after four races and going, you know what, the motivation has waned now? Um,
2: Maybe. I'm just,
0: I just, I'm just here for the paycheck. I'm here for There's a cup there.
2: of tea. Or he got too big for his boots, which is what we were saying about with Hamilton and the whole like, well, have you seen my results, Lewis? I'm going to try and fight you around this corner. Oh no, we crashed.
0: I think it was just K-Mag, isn't it? That's It's just, just K-Mag being K-Mag. Yeah, he's just... Um, I love him for it though. I think it's funny. Raise but... Absolutely. There you go then. K-Mag. P-15. Congratulations. Kind of. 14th <laughs> goes to Zhou Guan Yu. Mm-hmm. Zero Fs, one E, four Ds, twelve Cs, one B, four As, no A stars. I felt like Zhou Guan Yu didn't finish half the season. To be honest with you, with the amount of uh, reliability problems he had and and whatnot, but he did have his moments of of brilliance. He had his moments of out qualifying Bottas, which then made him as good as Lewis Hamilton, if you really you know kind of get the comparisons out, because uh, Bottas is a, is a is a wonderful qualifier. Um, so. Yeah, I think Joe Guan Yu decent. Uh it would have been nice to have seen how much better he could have done in the drivers' championship and whatnot if uh, if he'd actually finished races or not had things go on with his car, which meant he was then 30 seconds off the back of the field or terrible starts because it made him lose five positions because something didn't go into the right setting, which I'm still convinced maybe sometimes it was just him being a rookie and pressing the wrong thing or whatever, because you know, you never know. Like it might it might be a uh, there are many buttons on a steering wheel. It could easily have just been done a Latifi been and just buttons. turned right down the uh, down the wrong uh, down the wrong layout at Japan. Maybe
2: more, maybe less.
0: Thank you, Katie. Are you can do the whole thing, or
2: no? I don't know. That's about as much as I
0: know. But yeah, of course, he's. Uh, I'd say he deserved to not lose his seat, but at the same time, I think he needs to show that those ounces of potential that we saw more often next year.
2: Yeah, I really am glad that Joe has been able to silence a lot of criticism that he got when he was announced at the Alfa Romeo team. I know actually, Tommy, you did a tweet or something saying he's not, it's not like he's, what did you say, like driving a bin lorry or something? And he liked bin man. it.
1: Yeah, people just, people acted like he literally hadn't done F2 and was just a pay driver where they just picked someone off the street and gone, <laughs> you've got loads of money, drive a Formula One car. Um, and not not actually a Formula Two race winner. People just like really did hammer that whole uh pay driver grade.
2: Yeah. Uh, on on him. So I'm glad in many ways that he was able to silence a lot of people and that we've actually been able to see his personality come out a lot more this year, um, and his sense of fashion. I don't know if that's like just a girly thing to say, but that man has got some insane Drip. Some drip so yeah <laughs>
1: <laughs> serious
2: Um, drip. serious drip um but yeah unfortunately he had a car underneath him which was like just unbelievably unreliable it was crazy you know like you say if he wasn't um conking out at the side of the racetrack there was something wrong with the gearbox or they were having real difficulties at the start getting their starts red like ready and good and things like that so He's been hampered with a lot of technical problems with his machine, but generally, I think not a bad rookie year. Points on debut can never go a as a bad thing either. So,
1: yeah, I think season. those points points on debut showed that when his car was actually working at the start of the season, he could get decent results. Unfortunately, just more often than not, when the when that Alpha was good, it was just terrible like his car just broke down all the time like like you when were the saying alpha that.
0: was good it was terrible
1: well, terrible reliability <laughs> sorry um and yeah if you look at his season i think the perfect way to describe it is just solid like he wasn't the best rookie we've ever seen in formula one but if you compare him to the rookies that we had last year who were smashing up the car a lot and that pains me to say as a yuki fanboy. but you know mick mazepin and Yuki. Um, he's done what he needed to do in terms of just getting good finishes and staying out of trouble and just proving that he deserves to be in Formula One, which I, I think he absolutely did and yeah, deserves to be uh, in F1 next year. And I just hope Alpha deliver a, a better car so he can see a bit more of what he can do. Yes, and a more reliable car at
0: that as well. That'd be mm-hmm. lovely, wouldn't it? Okay. Thirteenth position goes to not where he probably wanted to finish in the ABCD one driver ratings. And probably I'm going to just say on a whim, the driver to have gone f- the furthest down since last year in terms of ratings and gradings that we've given. Um, and partly because of uh, the car, uh, but partly also because maybe Gasly just didn't have as good of a season, uh, but he totted up zero Fs, one E, six Ds, eight Cs, three Bs, two As, and two A stars, which were at Baku and Belgium. I just felt like it was a very anonymous season from Gasly compared to 2021, where he was the front and center of incredible in qualifying. Yes, Alpha did some stupid strategies which ruined his race last year and whatnot. But but this year, yeah, just, I don't know, it just seemed like it went off the ball a bit. Of course, Alpha literally finished ninth, did they not? Like, yeah, that is shocking. Outrageous. Absolutely shocking. It, I was
1: shaking your head. I was like, am I? Sorry, sorry. I, was just, I was just, I was shaking my head of disappointment. He and then I realized down that... the river
0: in this podcast. I swear <laughs> to God, like he's saying all kinds of things. Um, but yeah, I mean, to be fair, to finish 13th in the ABCDF1 driver ratings, but ninth in the constructors, he's done well.
1: Well done, Pierre. For I think he should be
2: lower than this.
1: Yeah, I'm surprised he's this high up, to be fair. I mean, it's one of those things where I guess you can argue that when the car was good, uh, to be honest i this may be wrong but i feel like Alpha tauri only really had one race where that car was any good and it was baku and gasly delivered Sonoda delivered until his uh rear wing decided to uh just disintegrate mm. so um a lot of it comes down to to the car but i think the reason gasly uh is low down on the list as well um is that after yuki i feel like yuki more often than not was was beating him in in qualifying more than i a lot more than i expected um and it feels like at the end of the year gasly who was so good in qualifying ended up just um yeah he ended up just being terrible and constantly going out in q1
0: we gave gasly an a star for a pit lane start spa and finished ninth i feel like i don't know Maybe we were a little bit,
2: <laughs>
0: I don't know, is that... Maybe it was so long start? since a good result,
2: we were like... You're like, give we him
0: an A star. Yeah,
2: that's probably me, to be fair. um, Yeah, I <laughs> thought if I was going to put Pierre... This is what's so stupid. If, if I was going to put Pierre anyway, it's literally based on our results. So, um, but I think he should probably be like 15th or something. I would push him way back. Um, and Matt, you kind of said that... um. Pierre had a bit of an, an anonymous season, but the one place that he wasn't anonymous was in the steward's office, as he picked up 10 penalty points this year, which has happened before, um, but is the most that people have gotten a pretty long time. Um, so... That like with maybe a pinch I, salt, That's another or... reason why it
1: should be lower. I think actually. Yeah. I, for- I kind of forgot about that because he's he's really tried to push the whole narrative of like penalty points are terrible. It's like don't get them then. Well, like stop Lewis having didn't get any. Silly... Carlos
2: Sainz didn't get any. Yeah, like, exactly. I don't, I don't understand Washington
1: why. I don't understand why now Gasly's on ten and really close to a race ban. There's all this talk of like should the penalty point system change? It's like you no. Know, the whole point is you get banned if you keep doing mm. things like that like don't don't implement that system if you're just going to change it as soon as someone gets near a race ban and his penalty but... points don't expire for a little while as well a long late. time so
0: uh, he's got to go a long way before he. and we then wonder will they actually execute um a, a race ban and will they give lenient points from here until may we will have to wait well, and I... see
2: Penalised him in I want to say it's maybe it was Mexico or somewhere, and I think it was like Alex Albon had previously had the same offence and got two penalty points, but he only got one for it. I'm not trying to say that there's a conspiracy there, but I'm just saying it wasn't consistent. There's a conspiracy. With the, there's a like, conspiracy. Yeah, but I think they'll be careful not to give him one.
0: Interesting stuff. Okay. So yeah, Pierre Gasly, not a good season. Uh, good luck for at Alpine. Him. Yes, uh, we did wonder if he was going to just tot up another couple and miss Abu Dhabi, didn't we? But he did not execute that plan either. So uh, there you go. 13th for Pierre Gasly. In 12th position, Alex Albon. He uh, got the grades of 0Fs, 1E, 4Ds, 6Cs, 7Bs, 1A, and 2A stars in Australia and Spa. I felt like Alex Albon had a, a pretty decent season considering he was in a Williams um he had some standout performances as as mentioned in those grades in Australia and Spa and um you have to wonder whether he would have got another A-star at, uh, at Monza considering what De Vries was able to do in his car and when he was unwell but yeah I think it's, it's difficult to obviously really judge Alex Albon's performances and how good they are but when he has a teammate like Nicholas Latifi unfortunately I know it's Latifi Slander and I'm sorry Latella, et etc but he um it is hard to compare because we know that Latifi is not on the level of Alex Alban. So, but you know, that aside, Alex had some very good races. And I think he's slowly, but surely sort of building back up that reputation that he is a decent midfield runner and deserves a better seat than Williams. Um, And I hope for his sake that he can build upon it next year. I'm still, I'm still a bit hesitant. I, I don't think Williams will be any good next year either personally, but we'll see.
2: I'm really proud of Alex this year. I mean, I was certainly somebody criticising him fairly when he was coming to the end of his time at Red Bull um, and we sort of knew that that seat might be up for grabs um, and eventually Perez took it. Um, So to take a year out is never an easy thing anyway, but then to come back with a team which everybody sort of says oh Williams at the back you know they're rubbish all this kind of thing, but to make your comeback and actually have a successful comeback and some of his performances and Williams performances this year. I was really, really impressed by. I mean, we gave him an A star for Australia. The man did seemingly the impossible by going the entire race distance, apart from the last lap where he had to take a mandatory pit stop, on the same set of hard tires. Like, that's absolutely phenomenal that he managed to do that. Um, and that's a story that I feel like hasn't really been given enough attention for the year because that was really, really great. Um, and yeah, there've been lots of moments from this year with Alex, where I think actually this has been a really good thing for him to come back into F1. And he's not sort of let the fact that he's come back with Williams, ruin his experience or taint his experience. He's sort of taken it for what it is and delivered that team some really solid results over the year. So I think that he, away from this ABCDEF1 thing is one of my stars of the season.
1: Ooh, Ooh. stars of the season. He's been maybe a little underrated in terms of of what he's done. It's really hard to judge, uh, though, isn't it? A bit like, um, I guess we'll go, go into it later. But like Orlando, where it's like, how much of it is that their teammate has just been really bad? Um, because Alex, in my opinion, has beaten Latifi a lot more. Like, has been clear of Latifi more than George Russell was. He's perhaps not had the highs that George Russell had at Williams, where you know he was in the points a lot or, or doing things like that. Um, but yeah, uh, Alex has had a, a good season, and it's funny you mention Matt that about uh, in Italy. Uh, it's a shame that he actually missed that race because that was the track for Williams, um, and we saw what DeVries could do. You'd assume that Alex might have done the same, if not even better we give him an A star and he'd actually end up 10th uh, in this, in this list. So um, yeah, he, uh, he's had a, had a good, a good season. And like you, Katie, like we, we criticized him quite a lot. And I think we even, which it seems ridiculous now to even suggest it, but I'm sure we had conversations of like, wow, if Alban doesn't beat Latifi, his career is over. Like that would look so bad. And he's absolutely wiped the floor with him. So yeah, um, yeah, fair play. Alex Albon's had a good year, but we'll see We'll see how he gets alongside Logan Sargent. And, you know, if he's wiping the floor with him as well, um, then maybe, yeah, maybe he deserves a better seat.
0: We'll have to wait and see, won't we? Ooh, the next chronicle of Alex Albon. Um, P11 now then. Valtteri Bottas. So just missing out on the top 10 is the other Alfa Romeo driver. He managed 0Fs, 0Es, 4Ds, 7C, 7B, 3A and 1A star. This yeah. man was well on his way to a top six probably uh, through the midway point of the season with how well Alfa Romeo started, very sort of Haas-esque it has to be said and uh, and Bottas was beating the mercedes uh, in the first few races and we were like what a move from Bottas Mercedes are washed Bottas has gone to a better team obviously it didn't end up that way uh, but he had a, a a very much a season of two halves uh, did Valtteri um obviously with his new uh, new haircut that he's rocking now uh, which, oh I uh... think
2: that looks so cool
0: I think he deserves a few extra points to be honest with you. Uh, with how let's with how make him
2: first, <laughs> he
0: saved the off season, uh, with that bit of content. Um, but yeah, he was, I think it was pretty impressive. He did how he did kind of go off the boil in the second half of the season. Um, and that's that's why he's finished 11th. You know, I, I felt like he probably maybe deserved a top 10 uh spot considering how how good he was at the start. Um, but unfortunately for him, Alfa Romeo just, just tailed off and, and he wasn't able to do the performances that we know he can do. Um, but also he wasn't smashing Joe Guanyu either. Like he wasn't completely obliterating him in in terms of qualifying the race. So, um, I think it was a bit of driver and a bit of, a bit of car as well.
1: Yeah, definitely. I think this is a, this is definitely a tale of two halves or maybe one third and two thirds. thirds. (laughs) Yeah. Cause, uh, yeah first third of the season you'd have probably put him fifth or sixth uh best driver
0: let's not for forget last... mexico don't know what happened there don't know why he was an absolute god around mexico especially in qualifying it's i predicted it That's he did what. ruin himself in the race though which was a shame which didn't yeah. allow him to give give him an a star but he was unreal in qualifying yes katie you can take the plaudits for that well done
1: and even in the a star i'm sorry to to mention it but Bottas still just lacks that wheel to wheel thing and I think I was one that argued that he shouldn't have got an A star at Imola because he was all over the back of George Russell his car was so much quicker but the guy it just does not like to overtake uh, for whatever reason alone, so Tommy. Yeah, he's, off, Tommy. he's had a good season though. So... Top 10 come on chill he's out he's got nice enough, one so back off I <laughs> know oh, no. he's, he's, he's had a good solid season but uh, it'd be interesting to, to see next year how he does with a full season alongside Show Gwen, you, now they seem a bit uh, closer in performance.
2: Mm, It's going to be very interesting. Yeah, there's not really much for me to add. Like you guys said, it's a shame that his car wasn't quite at the level that he was performing at some points and reliability issues seeming to hamper him every other weekend, it felt like. So I don't think we got to see the full potential of what Valtteri could do this season. Um, But I'd still say, yeah, it was a a solid season and it was always going to be a bit of a bumpy ride, I think, having left Mercedes. Obviously, we weren't, Oh, sorry, apart from Matt, nobody else predicted Mercedes to sort of have a slump that they did. But a uh, oh, little ooh, little dance and just a little <laughs> smug face. Um, this is
1: my smug face. <laughs> yeah.
2: But no, uh, a good season for vouchery, I think.
1: Oh my
0: good Lord. We have absolutely rocketed through. Tom with the £100 plus £25 gift aid. And we have finally entered shoey territory.
1: Who's-
2: name their donation name is katie do a <laughs> yeah <so> look, <laughs> i,
1: I think go. i think i know i don't think we even need to poll if if someone's only no, 100 need to poll. no if someone's no, no, only 100, 100 pounds and no, said no, that was 33 katie, still, it I, still
0: i think so No,
2: us do a poll
0: Who we've all done one does the shoey. come on
1: katie katie
2: katie is doing
0: hey! the shoey! yes hey! here we go then oh hey, we like to drink it. oh my god oh wow okay
2: i mean it needs to have a minute because it's just
0: <laughs> have a minute what, to froth. Froth. like what's no, going No, it's just
2: froth i don't want to drink to be
0: fair the quicker i i mean i drink it quick are you blowing it
2: <laughs> i'm trying to get rid of the bubbles <laughs> it's just going to be bubbles if i drink this now exactly good
1: but... come on people are doing 1600 £1, pounds
2: I'm going
1: to take my glasses off because
2: Katie. I did that last time and it helped. Right, in my antlers we as well. In your antlers. Thanks, chat. Keep donating. Oh, got. A... Oh, it's off.
1: Oh! <laughs> Doesn't smell good, does it? <laughs> Try to make a laugh. How many D's <laughs> did... Uh, learn...
2: <laughs> oh, the
1: antlers are coming
0: Katie, off. Hello. That's your... Bloody! Wait, yeah. You, you poured <laughs> oh seven word. liters of beer in there. I know, Jesus. Well, <laughs> I, I just we screamed at her, I'm sorry, chat. That was quite loud, probably for you. Um, we almost. Well got, that, is fair, man. Man. that is that fair, man. That is fair, man. Well done. In tenth position, Sebastian Vettel. No Fs, one E, two Ds, six Cs, three Bs, five As, three A stars that's quite a few great performances, but only P10 for Sebastian Vettel, of course, his last season in Formula One. And I feel like some of the grades were absolutely because he was retiring as well. Um, But he did have a few good moments, Baku, USA, Abu Dhabi, USA, of course, with that incredible last lap overtake on Kevin Magnussen, Abu Dhabi, because he was retiring, but then he also did have a very good race and then got screwed so badly by the Aston Martin strategy. Did he not So. Yeah, Seb was I think he had a decent season. I don't I don't know and I'm sorry because a lot of people love Sebastian Vettel whether he actually deserves to be in the top ten. Again, it's quite difficult to really know how well he was doing when you're up against an unmotivated Lance Stroll who Lance did beat him quite a few times uh, with this, Tommy, as you mentioned, the Lance just rocking up and finishing P8. Uh, To be fair, though, on the flip side, you have to say that Aston Martin did screw him over on strategy quite a lot. That is Sebastian Vettel. So uh, it's it's hard to judge those kind of things because, you know, we aren't all eagle-eyed. Oh, Sebastian Vettel had a bit of a bad strategy here because he's in the mid-pack. No one really knows what's going on there as much as uh, at the front. Vettel
2: stands now.
0: Yeah, Vettel now will probably print out uh, a sheet and, and send it to me about how he was screwed over in every race. But I don't think it was the greatest season ever for Vettel, but uh, it certainly wasn't a bad one.
2: No, I think... My love for Sebastian Vettel might have swayed this ever so slightly. And at least on this podcast, I can actually defend myself because when you did the mid-season driver review and you basically putting the entire blame on me, I was defenseless. I couldn't comment on anything, but I will openly admit that I've probably influenced the fact that he's 10th and not <laughs> not lower than this. But yeah, I think... Well, it's just Sebastian Vettel. There we go. That's my that's my argument. <laughs> but he has had some good races. Baku. I know that this isn't why we gave him an A start, but an amazing escape road, little <laughs> turnaround. I maybe that is this is why, is why he's ten. Yeah, exactly. Spin
1: ten, A start. He t- did
2: a three hundred and sixty. It have been beautiful. <laughs> Um And yeah, that last lap with uh, K Mag in KOTA was just. Magic. So I'd give him 10A stars just for that one race, even though that's not how the rules work. No, I don't actually like Sebastian Battle that much, truth be told. Gotcha. I'm telling
1: porkies.
2: I'm telling porkies. But yeah.
1: Ironically, yeah, we did the the mid-season podcast and I think he was like 12th or 13th. And we were like, how is he that high up? And obviously we were bantering with you, Katie, about you giving him grades. And then actually he's ended the season even higher because he's actually had a really good end to the season he got uh his last few grades were a a a star c b a star um so yeah had a had a great end of found a kind of uh as soon as he announced his retirement he was putting in some really impressive performances and stuff yeah, eight, so sixth, um
0: 8th 14th 11th 10th
1: yeah last six races not bad Looking, looking at, you mentioned like you probably wouldn't have put him in the top 10. I think, yeah, for for me, it's close between, you know, maybe Albon could have gone in there or Bottas or something like that. Um, yeah, it's, it's a close one, but th- there's a big step up, in my opinion, to the next lot. Uh, I think it's closer between um, these guys. I think Vettel's probably, yeah, might. Maybe go down to or about about tenth, I think, is fairish. Um, so yeah, good good season, and yeah, just sad he's he's retiring.
0: P nine, Esteban Ocon. Zero Fs, zero Es, two Ds, six Cs, eight Bs, three As, three A stars. Esteban Ocon, I feel like he was an unsung hero of this season, very quietly going about his job, picking up a lot of points. Beat Fernando Alonso in the Drivers' Championship. Yes, Fernando had bad this, bad that, bad reliability, whatever. Yes, I get that. And realistically, on a level playing field, Fernando should have scored more points than Ocon. But I thought Esteban Ocon going up against, as Tommy reckons, the greatest of all time. uh, Mm -hmm. I I think Esteban had a very good season this year. And I think P9 maybe about just does it justice. But I think that he's had a few quiet races that maybe went under the radar as well.
1: Yeah, this is another guy that I think's had a really good season and ninth maybe doesn't do it justice, but there are eight drivers that have done better than him, but he's had a very, very good well, season. Um, I, I think he's he's been, uh, I agree, uh, he's been very good this season. You look at his consistency, only two D grades, 3A stars as well. I mean, his drive in Japan was absolutely sensational. I think that was one of the best performances of the entire season, I'd say. Um, Really, really impressive. Um, And yeah, uh, Estee Besti had a a good year. And yeah, to beat Fernando Alonso, I know Alonso had like 600 car failures, but I think Ocon did, you know, there were a lot of races, I think, where we'd go, oh, you know, Alonso and this I'm the first to be blinded by this I'm like oh, Alonso's miles clear you know he'd, he'd be a thousand points clear of Ocon but then you'll get to like I think it was Hungary is a great example where he Alonso was like doing really well in qualifying and then Estee Besti just comes out of nowhere and puts in a great quali and does like you know out qualify Alonso when Alonso's been doing extremely well so um, yeah Ocon uh, maybe a bit of an underrated driver um but next year uh we will see the best from him in my opinion when he annihilates Pierre Gasly but that hot take for
2: (laughs) exciting you
0: can't say you're saving a hot take and then say (laughs) the hot take out
2: loud (laughs) yeah he had two retirements this year which is significantly fewer than what Fernando Alonso had. We'll take that. But every other result that he had where he didn't finish in the points, he was so close. He had an 11th place in the USA, um, 11th place in Monza, 12th in Monaco, which he was also, I don't think that was his best race, to be honest. Like that's when he was also with Lewis Hamilton and they were did a bit of argy-bargy, a bit of bumper cars around the streets of Monte Carlo um, and then 14th at Imola. But aside from that, he consistently scored points in every single race. And it wasn't just like a, oh, I'll get a 10th, I'll get a ninth. It was things like sixths, sevenths. There was a couple of eights in there, the fourth in Japan that Tommy mentioned, but he's done a really good job this year. And he does, he seems to do this every year and nobody really pays much attention to it. He's like such a good, secure pair of hands for you see, unless you want beef with your teammate. Then don't do it. But if you just want somebody when they get into the car who can just drive and get that car in the points, and also do it with a big smile on your face after you come out of the car, and also have a great nickname and Estebesti and fully embrace that this season he has done, um, then Esteban Ocon is your guy. And yes, I love Esteban Ocon. Can you tell?
0: Yeah, just a tiny bit. Bestie. Wow.
2: bestie. <laughs>
0: you trying to sound like a dog. Like you trying to get, <laughs> yeah. Come here, boy. Come on, roll over. <laughs> right. uh Well done, Esteban Ocon on a decent season. Eighth place goes to Carlos signs He has graded zero Fs, one E in Japan, two Ds, three Cs, eight Bs, six As, two A stars in Monaco and France. Carlos Sainz, yeah, he it, 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 I mean, didn't have a terrible season by any stretch. I think that we saw a lot of the uh, Leclerc doubters were silenced quite quickly uh, with the comparison in pace between Sainz and Leclerc. Towards the end of the year, Carlos picked it up. I would argue some of that is Leclerc just almost fading towards the end of the year i mean it, it must be quite difficult to have had such expectations for the year and potentially fighting for the driver's championship to then have verstappen run away with it uh but that's not to take anything away from science he he definitely picked up his performances right at the end um but not anywhere near good enough to challenge for a title signs year this year that it was he was quite far off uh at a lot of places um but look he said towards the end that he's kind of figured out the car and he he's hoping to to pick it up pretty much straight away next year whether that'll be the case whether that's just dry f1 driver talk we'll have to wait until the start of 2023 but i think 8th is is definitely right for carlos signs despite of course him picking up a victory but silverstone was the worst p1 i think i've seen in a very long time in terms of didn't like, get an a star for a win that says it already yeah, doesn't it his yeah. first win yeah. didn't get an a star for it like that's that's mad isn't it uh but yeah still a, a decent ish performance but you're being compared to leclerc so that's why and i guess as well we haven't I suppose throughout this season we sort of saw signs as like a a level playing field with Leclerc, right? And that's probably why some of his grades were a bit harsher. Whereas you look at maybe Perez and Verstappen as very much a number one, number two sort of driver. Signs was very much, well, beat beat Leclerc last year in the driver's title. Um, So maybe that's why we're maybe a little bit more critical of him this year is that we expected him to be a lot closer.
2: Yeah, I think that's fair. I mean, the start of Carlos's season, man had an absolute stinker. Like if he wasn't having issues with like break by wire and Baku, wherever it is, um, or like his engine blowing up in Austria, I know that's more middle of the season. He was in a gravel trap, like Australia got in the gravel trap. Spain, he went through a gravel trap, but managed to come out the other side. Imola got tagged by Danny Rick stuck in a gravel trap. Like he just had the worst start to a season. I think maybe of anybody on the grid I don't know if you would agree with that, but luckily um, kind of turned it around, get that confidence back in the car, which we knew was extremely quick. So I guess that makes life a little bit easier if you can see what your teammates doing. So you know that there must be performance in that Ferrari. Um, So I think considering the first couple of races, he's actually done quite well to salvage sort of eighth here, because if we were going with like first half of the season, I think it would probably be a bit lower. but yeah, like you say, it's a real shame that his first win wasn't this amazing, like, headline, first place. Yes, Silverstone was a big talking point for lots of other reasons. But you guys know that I love a real, like, not hero to zero or zero to hero story. But like I love these moments where a driver's getting their first win or you get an underdog that gets a really good result. And so, normally for most drivers, first win, it's this big song and dance. It's a really lovely, wholesome moment. But for Carlos, I feel like that was kind of lost a bit because the circumstances around him getting his first win weren't really too great. And like we said, there were so many other things going on during that race that that sort of amazing story, I feel like, wasn't as good. I mean, the last first winners we've had were people like Esteban Ocon and Pierre Gasly, who really were like not expected to get their first win. But um, yeah, and then, I mean, Japan was his lowest result, but that was because he literally aquaplaned and was the only car to aquaplane. And, you know, everybody's driving under the same conditions. So an unfortunate mistake from him there. But hopefully he can take what he's learnt this season and come back and really take the fight to... Charles, next year, because I know that he's got it in him and he can. No, I don't
0: want that. Thank you very much. Uh, I will have (laughs) Charles Leclerc dominate from next year. Thank you very much. I need it a lot.
1: Um, (laughs) Carlos, dare I say, has had the opposite season to Valtteri Bottas, where when the car was good, he was actually pretty terrible and had a bit of a nightmare. And then when the car sort of wasn't you know Leclerc was winning a lot like races at the start, getting poles, things like that. And, uh, like you mentioned, Katie, like science just ended up in the gravel trap all the time. And then when the car you kind of saw Ferrari being sometimes even third best, definitely second best, science was just finishing a lot more solid, where he was finishing, you know, like one place behind Leclerc, beating him the odd time and qualifying and stuff like that. So for me, Carlos um unfortunately didn't make the most of when the ferrari was good uh, he said himself that it's it was painful for him that the first time he got uh a race winning car in his career and it was the car that he gelled with the least but it's that adaptability that makes the great drivers great um so maybe next year science will be better but i agree eighth for me is where he deserves to be it sounds. It seems like a oh eighth. That's that's quite harsh. But when you actually look at the top seven, they're not. (laughs) They're just not. They've done a lot better than sight. So yeah, I think it's fair.
0: Agreed. Cool. Right. We now move to the top seven, and it is Lando Norris uh, picking up that place. He had zero Fs, zero Es, zero Ds, six Cs, seven Bs, six As, and three A stars at Imola, Singapore, and the USA. It's um. It was definitely a season where he was just constantly picking up places, no matter what. Like he was just scoring and scoring and scoring, and sometimes having very boring races on his own. Uh, I mean, his results were pretty pretty damn awesome. Of course, the only driver to pick up a podium outside the top three, um, he only finished outside the points three times. Had two retirements as well. Uh, but apart from that finished 7th in the world drivers championship and just had a very good season which if it was perhaps any other year where there wasn't a massive chasm between the top 3 and the rest of the of the teams he probably would have picked up a few more podiums as well but that wasn't to be mclaren were off the pace but he made the most of a car that wasn't that great
1: yeah this is this is a weird one because that it's hard to argue because they're literally grades that we gave them but if i was to actually do my list for, and ignore my own <laughs> grades from the year i would have put lando probably third or fourth um overall i think he is a vic- he's a little bit of a victim of his own brilliance i'd say this this year he's been really good and really consistent so when Lando finishes P7, we go, yeah, solid from Lando, B, or maybe sometimes an A, whereas, you know, Danny Rick finishes seventh, and it's like, because he's been absolutely washed and terrible, we're like, A, A, or an A star, well done, Danny. Whereas we've kind of maybe um, underrated Lando a little bit. Um, it, I, I'd say it depends how much you go on consistency, because I think if you went on consistency, Lando's, you know, he's knocking on, even second best driver of the the year. So, um, because he's just been solid all the way through. Can... But the, yeah. But um, I don't Rich think. British bias. <laughs> bias. Yeah. Consistency. Bite me. Consistency. How many times did
2: Landon Norris manage to put it in the wall when he was leading?
1: <laughs> savage. But this, I think this shows uh, this is a stat which will show you how, how close many times it is. is. Your favorite
0: driver uh, actually led a race apart from when it's been
1: chaos bowling? <laughs> silence anyway um the uh th- this shows how insanely close these next drivers are that if you changed two of lando's c grades to a b he'd be f- he'd be third that's how that's close how, it is. that's how close it is between seventh and third uh the all these drivers i think there's an argument of switching them around and and different orders it's it's insanely close and i think lando's been brilliant the problem is it's just been really hard to grade him because his teammate's been absolutely awful so is he completely outperforming the car i think he's doing the best of it constantly but i don't uh, it, it's hard to yeah i guess that the hard thing is to give him really amazing grades because it might be that the mclaren is the uh, you know, worthy of finishing seventh, and him just finishing seventh is all he can do. Um, so he's already he's already had one to grade, but his consistency has been uh, fantastic, and I, I hope I hope to see him uh, in a race winning car one day because I think he's got what it takes to be one of the best. But like I've said so many times, that's not a McLaren. Mm.
2: Sorry, if I said that he's a, is it a silent assassin? or a sneaky assassin. You were right. You were right first. Yep, yep, yep. So I feel like Lando this year has been a silent assassin um, because in 2021, you know, he was also putting in some amazing performances, but those performances were more sort of headline performances like getting on the front row or nearly winning the Russian Grand Prix, sorry for the trauma, or like all these other things. And he's not been able to do that this year because the top three have been clear of McLaren. But like you say, he's sort of just been there consistently, getting all these big haul of points, putting himself best of the rest, which I've learned is not a phrase that the drivers like, because they would like, well, I'd rather just be best rather than of the rest. But it's true. It's a matter of fact, they, he's normally been in that um, seventh, eighth place or whatever, or it would be, Sixth, seventh because they wouldn't be in eighth place because somebody else would be best of the rest. But you know what I mean. Like from the top three, he's normally the one that's there, that's better than the Mercedes. Uh, I'm, I'm trying to say what? I'm, what am I trying to say? Oh my god, I've had one shoe in my brain. <laughs> but like you know, he's the guy that's behind the Ferraris, the Mercedes, and the Red Bull. Like he's it's normally he's doing he's
1: doing, <laughs> he's doing all he can, and there's nothing like realistically there's nothing else he can do. I mean, his Imola podium is underrated. The fact that he's the only yeah. midfield guy that's actually got there but the sad reality is he could put in the absolute god's tier best drive he's ever done and he'd finish seventh or he'd put in a pretty good drive and finish seventh that's just the reality of unfortunately the new regs and how the the absolute chasm like you said matt between those top three teams versus everyone else and between race 11
0: Austria and race 15, uh sorry, 16, uh, which was Monza, five of those races he finished seventh out of six. So that yeah, just kind of shows go. you uh, yeah. where he was rocking up uh, most most races. But then again, Nico Hulkenberg used to do that and uh, no one rates him. So what's the <laughs> difference? Who knows? Um, but yes, Lando Norris, very close uh, to finishing a bit higher. And we now move to joint fourth. So we have three drivers, all with the same score over a a course of a whole season. Sergio Perez, George Russell, and Fernando Alonso. So we are going to work out an order between the three of us. So we'll go through uh, each of them. First and foremost, we'll go with George Russell. So he got zero Fs, one E, which was Singapore, which was a god-awful race for him, zero Ds, two Cs, eight Bs, 10 As, one A star, which was at Brazil. George Russell, I'm absolutely putting fourth out of these three. There's there's no two ways about it. I think that despite his consistency, despite, yes, he did have a few moments of him having a, like, a little crash-happy little period of time during the F1 season uh, around Lakota sort of just before that as well. Um, his off. season was absolutely bloody awesome like crikey mate kind of vibes. You know what I mean? Like proper George Russell shocked because he beat Lewis Hamilton over the course of a season. I don't care what Team LH throw at you in terms of the reasons why. Over the course of an entire season, George Russell, who rocked up into this team, yes, he's been a part of this team for ages and ages, but to drive a Mercedes and to beat Lewis Hamilton over the course of a season is not plauded enough, in my opinion. Uh, And I think George... Had an incredible season. He beat Lewis Hamilton pretty much toe to toe in Brazil. Yes, Lewis might have been covering, having some damage and wow, 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 whatever. George is like, just for a second, we just have to appreciate what he's managed to do in the first year of him at Mercedes. Like, he has got a very bright future coming. And in my opinion, is absolutely going to be a world champion after what I've seen this year.
2: Wow, some big claims. I think he has had a really. Strong season, like you say, the car's not been there, and he's shown that he's mature enough to deal with the fact that the car's not going his way. Perhaps some other drivers on the grid might not be as level headed and as calm as he has been, but maybe that's because in the back of his mind, he knows he signed a contract with Mercedes and they're not really going to put up with the fact that they are third, they want to be at the front. Um, so maybe he knows that better times are around the corner, but yeah, certainly, you know, got his maiden win this year. There have been a couple of races where he's been a bit iffy. I mean, we gave him an E for Singapore because that was just dreadful. Like, I know he started at the back. I think he started in the pit lane, if I remember correctly. Um, but even then, like, trying to make his way through just wasn't it. You know, um, coming together with Mick and all these other kind of things um, wasn't his his finest moment, but he wasn't alone in that race. Um, and then, like you say, he got a bit of a reputation sort of midway through the season when he... People sort of put him down as a blame for that crazy Joe crash that we saw in Silverstone, tapping Carlos Sainz and the pole sitter taking him out the race at Cota. There have been lots of examples that people have sort of put together of him maybe getting away with um, the occasional bump and things like that through other drivers. But generally, I think it's been a a good first season with Mercedes. I personally am not going to put him fourth, but I'll let you. Wow let
0: you go with that tommy look i I just want to quickly add as well i know i've praised him a lot but the fact that he went on that run of top five finishes at the start of the year when mercedes were not good at all hamilton was getting knocked out in q1 and saudi etc etc he had nine top five finishes in a row with three podiums there he finished in the top five 19 times out of the 22 races that we had that consistency is on another level in my opinion and i think that is uh, again, another reason. I, I mean, I would even maybe put him third. Genuinely, he's had an unreal season, and I'm a George Russell fanboy. Apparently now, Tom Bellingham. What do you have to say, the to <laughs> matter.
1: I agree that I think he's had. Uh, I'm surprised how under the radar. George Russell beating Lewis Hamilton. And it's not just beating Hamilton in the season because, yeah, there's always that argument of like, oh, Hamilton is using experimental flaws and stuff. At the end of the day, there were a few races at the end of the season where Mercedes probably could have got a victory. And the track where, I think we've mentioned this with Hamilton before, um, it was this, this year to get a win, you essentially had to be on it in the very rare occasion that Verstappen made a mistake or was off and at the end of the day that that race where that happened to Verstappen uh George Russell was the one in the Merck that was ahead you know won the sprint uh overtook Verstappen won the sprint um started on pole from from the sprint and uh won the race and kept that uh Mercedes kind of win streak going that a lot of people thought was was going to end this year um His consistency has been incredible. And I'd say maybe the Singapore thing gets a little bit too much heat because it was literally one race. I mean, looking at his grades, he didn't get a single D grade or an F grade. He got one E, two Cs, and then everything's a B or higher, you know, 10 A's. I think he's maybe not had... Uh, well, he hasn't. Uh, 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 that's a fact, uh, to quote one of his phrases, like uh, that he's not had maybe those A-star performances, but the consistency uh, has been absolutely amazing. Dare I say it's consistency that, that wins you titles. And, you know, if he's doing that when the Mercedes is is good and just getting all the points he needs he could he could challenge for a title so yeah i think i think george russell has been um sensational um and sorry katie but i'd agree with you matt that even even though one of the other drivers is fernando alonso who i obviously adore um i i personally would put russell fourth as well british bias <laughs> okay
0: well british bias flowing uh our second driver is fernando alonso he had zero Fs, zero Es, one D, which was Miami, five Cs, five Bs, nine As, and two A stars, which was the Netherlands and the USA. Fernando was doing things that you would not expect that a man of that age to be able to do in a Formula One car. Uh, there were a lot of what could have, Could have been. It's amazing how Ocon beat him in the championship, and we're talking about him being the fourth best joint driver of the season. Uh, But obviously, that's That's due to how many crazy stuff that he had go on. Um, Yeah, he was sensational, brilliant to watch. You know, Canada sticking it on the front row. What could have happened in Australia qualifying? Of course, even what could have happened in the Canadian GP race, but his car then had a problem again, shock, and he couldn't go as quickly as he could. And maybe that could have been a podium for him then. Um, But yeah, Alonso driving back from the USA crash with Stroll and just brilliant to watch. And it kind of... Yeah, you kind of wonder, Fernando Alonso coming back to the sport, how will he actually perform? You look at what Michael Schumacher did and how much he struggled, as much as that pains me to say out loud. Fernando Alonso in a similar sort of scenario, although he did obviously drive the sort of hybrid McLaren-Honda, so it's not the the, the craziest switch for him. That's my Michael Schumacher defending right there. Uh, but Fernando's Capian. been unbelievable. For for that that man to produce the performances he did, Straight up fire. Can't wait to see what he does next year. But he's gone to Aston Martin, which, yeah, we'll see how good Aston Martin are next year.
1: Yeah, I think Fernando Alonso, um, I'd say he's had a very different season to George Russell, despite them ending up with exactly the same kind of points or or average grade here. Um, Because for me, Fernando Alonso, I wouldn't say he's been inconsistent because he's been hard to grade because his car just has problems all the time. If you listen to our end of season podcast, I think you read something out on Reddit, Matt, that was like that list where I think you could, there was about 14, 15 issues that he had during the season. Even if it wasn't simply breaking down from a race, there was something, there was always something that was going on. Um, but for me, Fernando Alonso's had higher highs like that. that front row in Canada. I mean, no one in a midfield car did anything like that other than Lando's podium to, to to break into that top that to, to displace any of those top three teams in any moment, even though it was a wet qualifying, but it, you know, it went the distance. I know Magnussen got a poll, but that was kind of a very unique circumstance where the session ended early. It rained a lot that, that qualifying session went the distance and Fernando Alonso put it on the front row again he was purple in a dry qualifying in Australia and potentially could have been on the front row again. It's What's absolute. Been? I know what could have been, but it just shows that he's still got it. And for me, Fernando Alonso has been maybe, yeah, he's not been as consistent as someone like George Russell where he will get the, uh, you know, he will be constantly like a, well, like a Lando. you know, if you want the consistency, you've got to look at someone like Lando, who's seventh, 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 which you could say that um, this is what, you know, Alpine should be doing. But for me, Fernando Alonso had some amazing highs and just sort of cemented that thing, not just for me as an Alonso fanboy, but other people that maybe underrated him a little bit or thought, oh, he's, he's past it, that give him a top car and he will still win races even at his age. Um, yeah, just an incredible season, really. And like you say, the fact that he's finished behind <laughs> his teammate uh, and he's fourth, uh, joint fourth on the list is mad.
2: Yeah, it's so frustrating with this because you're like, well, do you grade them as a driver and potentially look at where they would have finished? Because with Fernando, you know, the car, as we've mentioned so many times, just kept failing on him when he was in those positions that would have made him consistent, like Lando Norris. So it's kind of tricky. Are we going to just go with how he would have finished had the car not broken? Or are we going to include that with our overall? You're saying this it, like we but...
0: haven't already graded them. Uh, graded him actually I can't remember what
2: I did yesterday let alone like (laughs) earlier this season how we graded them so um but yeah for me Fernando um he's been able to put himself up the front in a car that is definitely not deserving to be there he's old (laughs) he um also gets extra points for his sassy radio messages I absolutely adore them they make my day and um if I was to I put him. It is, and for those reasons, that's why I would. Oh, this is going to go down so badly, but I'd maybe put him above George Russell because although the Mercedes was still, you know, not Wrong. as competitive as normal, <laughs> I don't think he <laughs> had the chance to show the consistency that we know he could have had. So it's really hard to
1: grade. It's, it's really hard difficult. To, it's, it's really difficult clothes. when you're like. Uh, the The problem is we've we've got this situation because of the new rules hopefully it closes up where essentially like it's almost the opposite to Lando whereas I think I personally still would put George Russell forth this sounds like I'm going back on my own argument but mm-hmm. him consistently being in the top five is like realistically he's only ever going to finish sixth anyway um but I think I think what Russell did at the start of the year was, you know, he was beating like the likes of um, Science and getting that win. But it is like grading people in two different sports because you've got Fernando Alonso who's driving a car that is breaking down all the time and can't really do anything against George Russell who is in a the third best car it's and sort of being. Car yeah and being a bit consistent so
2: well george didn't have any mechanical retirements this year did he he nearly did in brazil but he didn't actually have a mechanical retirement yeah mercedes was very
1: mercedes was weirdly to say they had all those issues they were very sort of Bulletproof with reliability, yeah. weren't he? £2,002. Woo! Oh,
0: no. 100%. So right, Thank you, everyone. Do- chat, what are we doing? Is everyone doing one or is it a targeted
1: Chewy? You I decide. And
2: I keep falling down. I'm Either
1: say, okay, targeted, in the chat now, we, all or targeted. Or all? Oh, yeah, polls exist. Yeah. Well <laughs> Sorry. Are we ready?
2: Cheers, gents. Cheers, everyone. Cheers. Cheers. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. I can't drink it when you're making that noise. I was about to say
1: that your the noise you were making was far worse than the actual experience of the shoe. Oh my
2: god guys <laughs> it's it's coming through my shoe. It's seeping through. Shut up. Uh, I need some water that was freaking vile.
0: And the final fourth position is Sergio Perez, who had 0Fs, 0Es, 1D in Canada, 5Cs, 5Bs, 8As, 3A stars in Saudi, Monaco and Singapore. Yeah, Sergio Perez for me probably would be sixth if we were to take them away from each other and not be drawing. He had an amazing start to the season um, and we were wondering, oh, is he a championship contender? Uh, And then his car did not suit his driving style anymore. For whatever reason, you can decide. Um, but yeah, Sergio has still had a really good season um, and I think he can be happy with what he achieved, definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I would put Alonso and Russell above and maybe that's because, again, you're working with expectations here. Like for me, Russell, you know, you're, you're expecting him to be beaten by Hamilton. Fernando Alonso, 41 years old and an Alpine, but he's doing amazing stuff. Sergio Perez is in the Red Bull, which won the World Championship. And so there's, of course, going to be a level there where the grades and and maybe your opinion is skewed. So for me, Sergio finishes the bottom of the fourth runners in P6. Yeah,
2: I think that's fair. I still think it's been Sergio's best year to date. Um, we mentioned that well, like his A stars came at Saudi, Monaco and Singapore, all places which he, well, actually, he didn't win the race in Saudi. He got pole in Saudi, his first ever pole position. Um, but it wasn't to be that... Uh, like fake call for a pit stop from the clerk caught out Perez. He pitted. Then there was um, was it a safety car afterwards or something. And yeah, basically he got, screwed, he, he got screwed over. And I'm still not over it, but it's okay. Um, so yeah, he certainly had a much better season than I think he has previously. But like you say, with Max Verstappen as your teammate and a car that we saw potential with Sergio and that rebel at the start of the season. Um, But it's just not really continued over the majority of the year. Like, I'm more than happy that he's had races where he's really shone bright and that Max hasn't actually been able to match him. And that's, you know, I really like races like that. But um, I just don't think it was enough, considering how competitive that Red Bull was. He should be doing that more. Um, So, yeah, I think I'd probably put him behind Alonso and Russell in this.
1: Yeah, agreed. Uh, I I don't know how you can put uh, Sergio anything other than sixth in my in my opinion, because uh, I, I I worry that Checo is is one of those drivers where maybe I think you mentioned this earlier with science, Matt, that if you kind of expect him to be behind Verstappen, so if Checo finishes second, he gets an A, whereas Max finishes second, will I oh, he should have won the race, it's probably a B, maybe an A. And and maybe like Checker gets a better grade when he's sort of finishing behind Verstappen because that's where you kind of expect him to be. And, and realistically, that is kind of the job that most people believe, uh, whether Red Bull would admit it or not, that he's been bought, bought to do to be a solid number two to Verstappen. And I think more than ever, it's helped that the car has been very good. Um, but more than ever, he has been... A more consistent um drive that's picked up picked up the points. I think for me, if he'd got P two in the title, which I think he should have done in that car, especially how good Red Bull were at the end of the the season, um you Someone know, maybe maybe he'd good, go to fourth. <laughs> God's <to> sake. <laughs> um, but yeah, he uh, then maybe you know we're we're putting him fourth and going, Well, he did everything that he needed to do. Um finish second in the title. Make sure that Red Bull win the constructors by a country mile, but you do have to look at. No matter how good he's been, he finished 149 points behind his teammate. But and then his teammate,
0: fin- but he would have finished second in the title. Tommy had uh, Max oh, had he even let him, him
1: through. Um, but then his teammate is Max Verstappen, so that kind of it's a it's a different argument, isn't it? So, um, yeah, a good a good solid year for for Checo, but. I'd put him 6 i I'd go Russell, then Fernando, then Checo. But then if I was to redo the grades, I might even put Lando ahead of Russell.
0: (laughs) Wow. Okay. Intriguing stuff. Thank you, Tommy. The first driver on the podium, P3, is Lewis Hamilton. Zero Fs, one E in Spa, 3Ds, 1C, 3Bs, 10As, 4A stars for Spain, France, Hungary, and the USA. Yeah, intriguing, isn't it, Hamilton? Getting uh, better grades and uh, than George Russell. A lot of A stars, which have helped pretty much push him over the edge of uh, the tied fourth place um, shenanigans that's going on. Um, I mean, when you look at it, on the face of it, from the results, he got beaten in the Drivers' Championship. Yes, there's talk of him running experimental setups and, and things like that to try and help the team. And, you know, that's that's talk, isn't it? That's we, we know that Toto isn't afraid to massage Lewis Hamilton's ego as well if things aren't going right. Coming over the team radio, yeah, I know the car's an S-Box, et cetera, et cetera, we'll be, cut, we'll be back, you know, all this sort of stuff. Mercedes know how to try and keep their drivers happy especially Lewis Hamilton who is uh, the most successful driver of all time I am inclined to say that I think George Russell should be third and Lewis Hamilton should be fourth Hamilton has had some amazing results uh and some brilliant drives um but I don't know we're also we're again talking about (laughs) expectations and what hamilton should be doing and what george russell should be doing realistically in his first season at mercedes and yeah i think if i was to move it around and i'm sure there isn't much between the joint fourth place drivers and then hamilton in third but if i was to rate it now i would i would probably yeah put george ahead of lewis
1: yeah this is how close it is so uh on Tune fixes graphic that we'll uh, link to in the description and stuff. The uh, we did this where yeah, an A an A star is worth six points, A five, B four, etc. etc. When you turn that into a championships points tally, you've got Lewis Hamilton third on ninety six points, then Perez on ninety five points, Alonso on ninety five points, George Russell on ninety five points, and Lando on ninety four. So those drivers it is literally one or two grades well well one grade uh, a couple you know could could completely change it like hamilton could have easily been seventh as much as he was third it is that close between these drivers and i think a lot of people i think there'll be a lot of debate between these five drivers of of who should be uh, who should be where so hamilton's season i think was different to to russell's in the russell was more consistent um however did get that win when it mattered which i think is a is a plus for russell ham hamilton had uh more kind of standout races where you'd think that wow like i mean his performances in his a stars of spain france hungary and kota were really good like really really good they were just all races where max verstappen was really really good and all of those a stars was hamilton finished sing second to Verstappen uh, and you know th- th- those performances he was beating Ferraris which were better he was beating Sergio Perez and a better Red Bull but Hamilton's great races came on days where Max was also very good so he didn't he didn't carry on that win record so oh it's, it's a really difficult one um apart from Spain I, by the way that he didn't finish second in Spain but he came from like sorry, last yeah, and 30 he, seconds behind the the back that was of the, the K-Mag contact right with K-Mag and then yeah came back uh, and had unbelievable pace and I think we're all saying could Hamilton have won that race or at least finished maybe second uh, or third Uh, and that was when the Mercedes wasn't doing particularly good so yeah uh, for me I think Hamilton I would Mm -hmm. put Hamilton ahead of Russell but it is so marginal it's so marginal and I can I can totally see either way
2: Yeah, I mean, we look at Lewis Hamilton's season and for a lot of people, they'll probably either see it as the season where he was Mercedes guinea pig and, you know, they're putting all these parts on his car and slowing him down and testing all this. And he was proved himself to be a real team player. Not that we didn't think he was beforehand, but we've seen it even more so far this season. Um, But also, yeah, the season where he didn't get that win, but strip that back and take that away just like generally looking at his season so far it was a kind of a similar story I guess that we have with George is that you'd have a look at how the standings were of after the race or the classification and you'd be like oh yeah like Hamilton's managed to get another really good like get on the podium he had so many races where he was on the podium in a row and things and that's just testament of you know, his abilities and his skill that although he didn't get that prized first place this year, he's still been super consistent getting those results. Um, And I guess that's why we've, we've put him into third, like you say, looking back at putting them all into order like this and going through them, there's probably going to be, even though we've put them in this order, like reasons why we want to change things here and there, but he's just done a really solid job. And um, I'm sure all the data and stuff that he's collected as well over the season, just as George has, will be a huge benefit to Mercedes. And uh, yeah, I don't know. Like we've seen up until now, there have been some drivers that maybe haven't had that amazing standout performance, but they've still been at the front. And we're so used to seeing them at the front that we kind of, don't really highlight the fact that they've consistently had these really, really good performances. This, once again, the shoey juice is really getting to me. <laughs> I feel <laughs> like I'm just waffling, but you get my How own. much did
1: you put in your chewy? Um Yeah, I think, I think Hungary for me is the, the standout race for Hamilton where in that race for me, Verstappen and Hamilton showed just how good they both are and, and we we've seen, I think we've seen moments from Hamilton this year where we've gone, the Mercedes are up there, Hamilton is challenging for for the championship again, and and would would take it to to the fight to Max again. So, um, yeah, it, it the, I don't think I've ever witnessed. Uh, we've done ABCDF one for a long time now, and I don't remember as ever being sort of a five like five way, sorry three four yeah five five drivers that are pretty much almost equal and it is really hard so a lot of people will probably go oh it's absolutely outrageous that lando's seventh that sounds ridiculous because they'll put lewis hamilton seventh and put lando third but realistically they're all very close and really hard to to pick between
0: can you imagine the devastation if we put hamilton as the seventh best driver this year what would happen on social media oh
1: <sighs> we'd be cancelled finished
0: yeah um, we'd be Okay. Instead, we'll be cancelled by nah. <laughs> Lando Norris fans. Instead, will be angry. Either or, uh, we now move on to the runner up, and of course, it is the vice champion Charles Leclerc. Uh, he finished with one oh, F France, which to be fair is that... the only <laughs> F in the top. Yeah, oh my god, yeah, what, Latifi. Lance Stroll, 16th, was the only other driver to get an F
1: between him wow. and Charles Leclerc. Uh, and, I mean, yeah. The only drivers to get Fs, yeah, were Latifi obviously got eight of them, Daniel Ricciardo got two of them, Lance Stroll got one, and then the only other one was Leclerc. But I think we were, yeah, we were very brutal, but I think fair, fairly for yeah, that, that was era. Very,
0: very upset. Um, so yeah, 1F, 0Es, 0Ds, 2Cs, 5Bs, 8As, 6A stars. Um, yeah, I mean, look, he had an amazing season. He did what he could in that in that Ferrari. Sometimes he outperformed it, especially in qualifying. Uh, but I think that's where the Ferrari was strong because of the way in which the uh, tyre wear played out in the races. That was where they kind of fell short quite a lot of the time. Uh, of course, there is this whole, oh, you know, name a better, a more iconic duo than Charles Leclerc, Poland and Max Verstappen win. And that's what that's what happened throughout most of the season. You know, we hit, we did a video with him in Dubai, and we were playing a game, and we mentioned tire degradation, and he said, "Oh, you know, way to sum up my whole 2022 season or something to that to that regard." So, uh, yeah, the Ferrari unfortunately just wasn't good enough in the race pace. Uh, but Leclerc was so clear of everyone else for and Leclerc. If it wasn't for Charles Leclerc, it would have been even more of a boring season. Can you imagine what it would have been like if? Uh, If we had someone maybe performing at the same level of as signs, Verstappen would have walked almost the entire season. Uh, So, yeah, a very deserving P two. I don't think he deserves any lower or higher than that. And that is coming from a passionate, not 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 fanboy, whatever person.
2: Yeah, that chewy juice is really affecting us all now. Um, yeah, I think coming into this season, like this is probably the first chance, definitely the first chance that Charlotte's had to really fight for a championship. And we saw quite early on into his campaign was Imola and he made that small, but still very costly mistake. And myself included, but other fans were like, you know, he, he needs to iron out these mistakes if he ever wants to win a world championship. Then obviously we got to France as well and we saw it happen. But I think... The one thing that twenty twenty two has taught me about Leclerc is that like there's never going to be a stage where he's going to grow out of it. Like I thought maybe it was going to be a thing that he just have to learn to not do, but I think we've seen that that's never going to be how he drives and actually that's a really exciting thing at first I was like that's his biggest weakness but perhaps actually he can use that into a strength in that he's always on the limit 100% of the time and maybe in 90% of the instances it's going to be amazing like this is why he's got so many pole positions a man is insanely quick and that's a real strength of his but perhaps he'll just be on the limit and like I say one time out of 10 yes that's correct that is 10 percent um it it won't work and he might make a mistake hopefully not one as costly as we saw in France but for lots of people maybe yourself included Matt it might be a bit of a tricky watch if you're watching in, him and thinking oh my goodness he's going to bin at any moment which sometimes I get when I watch Leclerc's on boards but it certainly doesn't um not deliver excitement when you watch him drive and yeah, I think that's probably my biggest takeaway from this year on him. Um, he did a really, he, he gave it a good fight. I think we kind of got to halfway through the season. We were like, he did, it, he put up a good fight, but Max ultimately was just the better and had the better car and the better strategy team and all this kind of stuff. Um, but I think Charles should be really proud of his season. Um, and I'm sure it won't be the last time we see him fighting for a championship. Hopefully we get it as soon as next year.
0: I think uh, just on the comment about his driving style and always been on the limit and sometimes crashing, I think that the reason in which he had to drive that way is because of Max Verstappen and the level of which Red Bull were putting out week in, week out. If Ferrari have a, a car that is half a second clear of everyone else, I don't foresee Leclerc driving like that because he'll have something
1: in the but locker We've seen it
2: in previous seasons, though. Like there's not really been a car that's been dominant,
1: though, right? No, it's, true, very, it's but quite he's easy always to made help. little
2: mistakes here and there, mm. even when he wasn't fighting Max Verstappen for a title. I think I, it's just how he drives the car.
1: I'm going to sound like a Charles Clare fanboy here. So, excuse well, me. I know Matt won't. We'll save me. this. <laughs> I personally think that the Charles Clare is really inconsistent and makes loads of mistakes is a massive myth in his career. I mean, I look at that, I look at the season. He's had a look at our ABCD one grades. And, and for me, like he's made a catastrophic error in France, which is unforgivable. We gave him the F. But realistically, he's got two Cs and then everything else is a B and above. So I personally don't really understand why he gets so beat up for maybe a slightly small error that is not. Uh, the, the the France one was massive. Imola, like, I think this is probably coming from a Verstappen fan that had to watch Verstappen in 2018, bin it in about seven races in a row because he is essentially racing against Mercedes that is unbeatable and watching Hamilton and Bottas and Rosberg and whatever drive around. And if they have the worst race of their career, they're finishing second. Uh, and I think that's when you overdrive a car. So I have a bit of sympathy for Charles Leclerc there as a Max fan because I've seen it happen to Max where you're in that part of your career where you've got a car that can't get anywhere near the front runners. Well, not not anywhere near, but you know Leclerc's the one that's actually taken it to Verstappen, but the car's better. And then when, when we've seen that the Ferrari is as good as the Red Bull, you know, I think Leclerc drove drove brilliantly. Bahrain is a great example. His overtake uh on Verstappen again pains me to say it was absolutely sensational at Austria. Um okay. <laughs> so for me, I think that um I think Formula One it's it's a weird it's a weird spot. Like look at look at like Hamilton. Um we didn't actually mention this with Hamilton, but Ham- Hamilton as made, you know, he made a mistake at Spa with Alonso, you know, big error, crashed on the first lap. And I don't think Hamilton's an inconsistent driver. It's just that he's trying to get everything out of the car and making a mistake. He did the same at Singapore. So, yeah, I'm sounding like a Leclerc fanboy that's trying to defend him massively. But I personally think it's a bit of a, a myth that he's this really inconsistent driver because you look at his grades and actually... No D's, no E's, two C's, five B's, six sorry, six A stars and eight A's. Like, there's two mistakes all season, which I don't think is fair. Fair to like really go in on when someone like Sites, for example, made about ten errors (laughs) at the start of the season.
0: But that's why we're not obviously putting him in the world championship yeah yeah you know quality at this at this stage for signs but when you actually look at Leclerc's season I'm not going to go into it in full detail because it pains me but you know first second first in the th- first three races and you got uh the Emilio Romagna which he did make a mistake he was pushing too hard and that's that fits in with Katie's you know um thoughts around that but then you got Spain he retired so he blew up um yeah Monaco he was screwed over Azerbaijan blew up Canada had to start at the back I think he did Silverstone pretty sure he had a why didn't they put I know he got screwed over with the hard tires. Uh France, obviously big crash. So that's two big errors, I'd say. And then you got yeah. Hungary, screwed Hungary over by screwed Ferrari over. Uh, Belgium, he had to start at 15th or something. And then you got podium, 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 podium. Mexico City, a bit rubbish to be honest. He was he didn't drive very good and signs beat him. Uh then you got Brazil, which again, Ferrari was just nowhere. Um, and then it's the end of the season, Zabi, and he finished second so yeah uh, what would you like to say back to that Katie I mean Tommy's gone in on Charlotte Claire being a consistent man you still <laughs> you still I didn't yeah, say he like wasn't consistent.
2: consistent I just said that I think we've got to come to terms with the fact that sometimes his driving style is that he does push too hard and sometimes that can result in a mistake or two but hey ho like that's how half the drivers hey, on ho, the grid ho. drive ho 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 Merry Christmas right. um but yeah that's how that's a driving style of a lot of drivers on the grid ones that we've even talked about today so I think it's just yeah how he drives but like looking back at certain moments of his like that whole crashing into the car section in Baku and the whole I am stupid and all that kind of stuff I thought maybe that would be like oh he's new into F1 all this kind of stuff but I think that's just that's just how he is and I love him for it I think I'd so much rather watch a driver who just pushes it to the limit 100% of the time and sometimes it's like that win it or bin it mentality I'm not saying he bins it all the time but I find that much more interesting than somebody who just will just tootle along and never make mistakes
0: Katie would have loved Shaq Villeneuve back in the day is that uh, basically (laughs) it right? Um, I mean, to be fair, Max Verstappen, as Tommy said, was was much worse. Uh, but then again, he was, was seventeen scared. and very much learning on the job uh, as he was driving around. But as we move on to P1, and that is, of course, Max Verstappen, who's scored zero F's, zero E's, one D for Singapore, one C, one B, seven A's, and twelve A stars. <laughs> cool. That's the end <laughs> oh, of the podcast. Thank you so uh, much. Yeah,
2: that's it. Thank you so Got much for sake.
0: listening. Um, look, what more is there to say? Verstappen was in another level. He He managed to bounce back from a steady start to the season uh, in some of the uh, Grand Prix. We're looking at Perez, as we said, uh, suiting the car slightly better, but then he got into a stride, stretched his legs, and uh, that is that, really. I mean, I I don't really know what to say apart from Verstappen is uh, an absolute force to be reckoned with. And I hope for the casual viewer, he doesn't have a car like that for every single year for the next 10 years otherwise uh, we could be seeing a lot of records going
1: yeah absolutely it was for that it was that season where we said i think we even said this in 2020 that give verstappen a championship winning car and it's scary how good he was in 2020 when the red bull was nowhere near and then in 2021 when it was probably you know there it was close between uh, mercedes and red bull and kind of changed what was the best car um but i mean the the scary thing as well was at the start of the year the car wasn't really suited to him yeah he was still either finishing second or or first in all the races and then as soon as as well or dnfs when the car broke down but as soon as the car got to his liking uh from pretty much i guess azerbaijan onwards um even though it was already was he leading the championship at that point? Uh, or probably because of Leclerc's failures. But still, um, as soon as he got the, the car behind him, it was just like it was only ever an issue that stopped him winning a race. Uh, and that is very scary for everyone else on the grid because his errors were few and far between. Um, Singapore was his only D grade, which was uh, obviously that, that race where they he had the the issue in qualifying which meant he was always playing catch-up and um as as caught out lewis hamilton and a lot of other drives in that race singapore was a weird one where the second you went offline it was one of those awkward wet races where it was really hard to overtake and as soon as you go offline you just skid off the circuit and yeah he made that massive lock up trying to make it make it through the field and that was probably the old Max Verstappen that we that we saw um, whereas we've had a lot more of the the calculated stuff. I've said this already when we did our, our season review, but yeah, he's, he's much more calculated from that old Max where now he's got a dominant car, he knows he needs to pace himself and not go for a dive bomb from 14th at Spa because he knows that he'll just be able to breeze past loads of cars in the DRS. Uh, and Spa is one of those examples that we'll look back on one day and go, how on earth did he just make the easiest win ever from 14th yeah. on the grid and he was behind his teammate who was in the same car within about four laps <laughs> it's just yeah, it's far,
0: hungry you know you name it doesn't matter where he qualified or what power unit problems he had he would just rock up and win and it just became very much uh, an inevitable feeling uh, about Verstappen and and that and that uh, relationship he had with that Red Bull car is uh, yeah an absolutely stunning stunning um just execution of this championship. Uh I just ran away with it. Thanks so much. See you next year. Uh, it was... Uh, and uh, that combination of a championship winning car and Verstappen, I don't think could be beaten. Even with Leclerc and Ferrari sorting their antics out, they wouldn't have got anywhere close because their car wasn't good enough. And even then, even in equal cars, Verstappen beats Leclerc. It, it's just... It just is the case.
1: We're going to swap a fanboys today. <laughs>
2: Nice. Yeah. I mean, there's not really much for me to add on top of what you guys have said. There's one word that always comes back when talking about Mats Verstappen's season, and that is just inevitable. Um, Like you say, whether he's coming from 14th or 7th or wherever it may be on the grid, first, second, like he's pretty much guaranteed to win the race. Like fans know it, drivers know it, you know, listening to some of the drivers speaking after Saturday qualifying in Spa, they're all saying, oh, well, Max will probably pass me by lap two and all this kind of thing. Like, it's just, it just seems to be fact now that he will somehow make his way up to the front and win the race, unless his car is damaged or he's been dealt a really unfortunate set of cards. But just a sensational season. And like Tommy said, this will be one of those I'm sure that in a couple of decades' time, people will look back or maybe even sooner than that and just say, well, this was a season and this guy was just on another level. So congratulations, Max. There was no one else that was going to be top of this list. Well,
0: actually, no, there is someone top of this list Uh, with (laughs) 22 A stars. It's uh, Tommy's child, Grace, who ruined the entire world championship with the use of her onesies. Um, So thank you so much. Well, you know what? We're not going to be horrible to Grace. We're going to be horrible, horrible to her dad. Who decided to use
1: uh the Verstappen onesie far too much. Uh um, I think I think she's uh I think she deserves like a whatever the equivalent of a knighthood in the Netherlands is for her contribution to supply, Formula One.
2: Buffle.
1: A lifetime Completely. contribution at nine, eight, eight months. <laughs> well done, Grace. Amazing stuff. I thought um, you were gonna say when you mentioned about um there was someone that was first, uh Nick DeVries, if you go on average. Uh, did one race and got one A-star. So what about Hulkenberg? he
2: average?
1: Uh, he got two Cs. So oh, okay. uh, he was him.
0: 17th. Should just stay at home, really. Um, yeah. So yeah, well done Nick Devries for winning winning the average. That is, uh, that's quite an achievement. Of course, he'll be on the grid next year, so we'll be able to see if uh, he'll get 23 A-stars. We will see. We'll Can he out. keep up that average? Uh, Tommy, final thoughts?
1: Final thoughts are... I hope you enjoyed that very wow. long season. Yeah, review. looking
2: is... forward to next season.
1: Uh, uh, yeah, it's been a long podcast. Tommy is running out of battery. I know, um, and just this season, uh, yeah, I don't know what more to add. It's been a, it's, we've done our season review. It's been a great, a great season as of a Stappen fan and uh, yeah, best driver one. Just got to get some fanboy in there because I've been too too much. Yeah, of Leclerc, too about nice fanboy. Leclerc. Fair
0: enough. Hey, <laughs>
2: So I think you said me, my headphones have died. So I can't actually hear a single thing that you're saying. Um, But my final thoughts are, um, oh, I had one and it's gone because I got a bestie bestie. I can see your mouth is moving, but I don't know what you're saying. (laughs) Oh, I'm Katie. I'm washed. My final thoughts are I feel sick after all these shoes. So there we go.
0: But it's been a good reason because we've been raising money for Blood Cancer UK. So many thanks to everyone that's donated in the Twitch chat. If you want to donate further later, whenever this podcast goes out, you can find the link um everywhere, I'm sure, as on just giving, um WTF one on there but we will post the links uh, where we can in whichever platform you are listening and watching Uh, so that is it the longest podcast we've ever done by an absolute substantial margin Katie has no idea what I'm saying at this point so that's quite funny actually that she's just kind of sitting there sort of oh what's Matt saying oh look at this oh I'm washed oh yeah we're reindeer antlers I'm so Christmassy Um, so yeah there you go Uh, Tommy's muted as well so the nervous nervous look in Katie's face is priceless right now Uh, it's amazing Uh, so thank you everybody for watching and listening (laughs) to this podcast um and thank you so much for the support over the course of the whole year I it's literally been an absolutely no idea what you're saying. amazing time bringing you this podcast so thank you so
2: i'm scared <laughs> i'm
0: hiccuping now thank you so much uh for for tuning into all of our podcasts hashtag wtf1 podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion follow us on twitch wtf1 official and we'll see you very soon for another podcast lots of love bye 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 wave bye. Katie. there we go well done